Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Noted, the podcast where I dissect book-to-movie adaptations. I'm your host, Oksana Prejak, and to kick things off, today we'll be talking about The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien and The Hobbit Trilogy, directed by Peter Jackson. Before we dive into the differences in plot and whether they're good or bad, in my personal opinion, let's go over the synopses of the book and the movies. This is an official spoiler alert. I'll be talking in-depth about the details of The Hobbit, and if you'd rather not have the entire plot spoiled for you, then stop listening and go pick up a book. The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, published on September 21st, 1937. For those of you who don't know, a hobbit is a human-like creature who stands about four to four and a half feet tall. They have curly hair that covers their heads and their feet, and the bottoms of their feet are leathery, and they don't need to wear shoes. The book tells the story of a hobbit named Bilbo Baggins. A wizard named Gandalf the Grey first meets Bilbo outside his home and asks if the hobbit would like to join him on an adventure. Bilbo declines, not wanting to leave the safety of his hobbit hole. Gandalf scratches a strange symbol on his front door once Bilbo is out of sight. The next day, Gandalf and 13 dwarves visit Bilbo because they believe, from the symbol on his door, that he could help them reclaim their ancestral treasure from the dragon smog under the Lonely Mountain. Bilbo realizes that Gandalf has portrayed him as a burglar to the dwarves. Though terrified, he eventually agrees. In the next nine chapters, Bilbo and the dwarves set out across the Lone Lands, the Misty Mountains, and the forests of Mirkwood. They encounter trolls, goblins, giant spiders, and elves, all of whom try to kill or imprison them for various reasons. They meet a skin changer named Bayorn who changes into a bear, and Bilbo comes into possession of a ring that can turn him invisible, and a sword that glows blue when orcs or goblins are near. The group arrives in Lake Town in empty wine barrels, and soon after, they leave to continue their journey to the Lonely Mountain. Once they reach the mountain, Bilbo puts on his invisibility ring and ventures inside to confront Smog and look for any weak spots. Bilbo proves he made it by stealing a golden cup. As the dwarves sleep that night, Bilbo returns to Smog's lair and takes the Arkenstone, a stone that's precious to the dwarves, and hides it. Once Smog realizes it's missing, he becomes furious and breaks out of the mountain. As he torches Lake Town, a skilled archer named Bard kills Smog by shooting his weak spot. Nations of Middle-earth hear about Smog's death and make their way to the mountain to claim the treasure. The leader of the dwarves, Thorin, refuses to ally with Bard or the elves to protect themselves and the wealth. Bilbo gives Bard the Arkenstone to bargain with Thorin. In the end, he agrees to work together. The Battle of Five Armies ensues. Men, dwarves, and elves fight against the goblins and orcs. After the battle, Gandalf takes Bilbo to Thorin, who is dying. He's buried with his sword and the Arkenstone. The dwarves distribute the treasure, and Bilbo becomes a much richer hobbit. The dwarves choose to stay at the Lonely Mountain, and Bilbo starts the journey home with Gandalf, Beorn, and the Elven King. Bilbo returns home to see his house auctioned off because everyone believes he's dead. He manages to recover most of it and lives a more luxurious life, sometimes visited by his friends from past adventures. Now that we've got the story settled, I won't go into as much detail describing the movies. They're the same, except when they're not. And I'm not here to talk about how the films are the same, I want to talk about how they're different. 
I'll give a brief rundown of the movies and which sections of the book they cover. The first movie, titled The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, was released on December 3, 2012. It covered the first six chapters up until the party leaves the Misty Mountains. The movie ends on a cliffhanger where orcs and goblins set fire to the forest that the dwarves and Bilbo are hiding in. The second movie, The Desolation of Smog, was released on December 13, 2013. This movie spans from the moment before the dwarves, Bilbo and Gandalf escape the orcs and the goblins in the previous film to when Smog the dragon leaves the Lonely Mountain to attack Lake Town. That accounts for the next six chapters, making it to the twelfth. The third and final installment in the trilogy is called The Battle of Five Armies. It premiered on December 17, 2014. It spans from chapters 12 to 19 and encompasses the Battle of Five Armies and the events that come after. Let's dig into what was different about the movies and whether I think the additions are trash or not. In the book, J.R.R. Tolkien inserts himself as the narrator, using language so it seems that he's the one telling the story directly to the reader. They kept this theme in the films, but instead of Tolkien narrating, it was Bilbo. Honestly, I'm not mad about it. I love the fact that Peter Jackson kept that personal touch from the book. It made the movie come alive for me. You know, I think that's the only addition I enjoyed from Peter Jackson. There are numerous things that Jackson added I feel were only to try and impress the audience. If Jackson had stuck to the original plot and characters of the book, it still would have made for an incredible movie. Jackson didn't need to extend a 310-page book into three installments. To those of you who have only seen the movie, you know who Azog is. He's the pale orc who leads his army around with the sole purpose of screwing up Thorin's quest and stealing his gold. At the end of the Battle of Five Armies, there is this huge fight scene between Thorin and Azog in which Thorin bravely sacrifices himself to kill the orc. It's intense and exhilarating, and it 100% did not happen in the book. The book version of the Battle of Five Armies sees Azog's son, Bolg, as the leader of the orc army. In my opinion, the addition of Azog in the movies was unnecessary. Yeah, it thickened the plot, but the back and forth between Azog's mini-storyline and the storyline of our main heroes made it much more confusing to follow than it should have been. The next addition is by far my least favorite. Toriel is a she-elf from Mirkwood where the Wood Elves live. Like Azog, she was an addition to, and I quote, bring more female energy, according to Entertainment Weekly. Those who have read all of Tolkien's Middle-earth books can agree that they're a bit female-lacking. Peter Jackson is notorious for playing up the female roles in his adaptations of Tolkien's books, but he's never added in a female character before. From what I gathered watching the films, Toriel was inserted to be a love interest. It was love at first sight between Keeley, one of the dwarves, and Toriel. She even left Mirkwood against the king's will to help save Keeley after a poisoned arrow struck him. The king banished her for it. Another elf named Legolas, who is the prince of Mirkwood, followed her. Why did Legolas follow Toriel, you ask? The answer is simple. A love triangle. Jackson made a love triangle between Keeley, Toriel, and Legolas. It added one more layer of story to the already packed plot, and I thought Toriel was dispensable. She didn't need to be inserted to make the plot more interesting. It's perfectly fine the way it is. 
A smaller change that bothered me was during the scene where three trolls captured Bilbo and the dwarves. In the book version, Bilbo was caught trying to pickpocket one of them. While the trolls try and decide what to do with him, the dwarves appear one by one looking for Bilbo, and they get captured as well. In the end, Gandalf is the one who saves them by mimicking the trolls' voices and making them argue until sunrise. In Tolkien's universe, sunlight causes trolls to turn to stone. This scene in the book is Bilbo's first test of sorts at being a burglar. Bilbo fails his first test. Some fans speculate that the reason is because that book version Bilbo is around 50 years old. He's not as spry as he used to be, and he's afraid of letting his new friends down. Movie version Bilbo, however, is portrayed to be around his late 20s to early 30s. He's young and capable of physically demanding tasks. This change didn't bother me as much as some of the others, but I still would have liked to see Bilbo fail and have more character development in that respect. Another small change was that, in the books, the dwarves escape Mirkwood after Bilbo stuffs them into empty wine barrels shipped to Lake Town. The scene is pretty relaxed, the dwarves float along while Bilbo listens to the raftmen's conversation. They arrive in Lake Town and demand to speak with the master, who is coincidentally having dinner with the same elves that captured them the chapter before. They end up leaving a few weeks later. In the movie, we already know that Keeley was hit with a poisoned arrow. In Lake Town, the company splits as some stay with Keeley and the others continue to the Lonely Mountain. This split added more drama than Tolkien intended. Jackson had some of the company present in Lake Town when Smog attacks, and in the book, they were all at the Lonely Mountain. There are so many more small changes that I didn't mention, but we don't have time to cover all of them in today's episode. Overall, I was not satisfied with Peter Jackson's adaptations of The Hobbit. He added too many unnecessary things and changed what I think were crucial aspects of character development. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film scored at 64%, 74%, and 53%, respectively. Well, that's all for our first ever episode of Noted. Tune in next time to listen to me scream for 15 minutes straight about how horrible the movie adaptations of the Percy Jackson and the Olympians books by Rick Riordan are. I'm not kidding when I say I'll scream for the whole episode. Those movies are hot garbage. What are some of your favorite or most hated book-to-movie adaptations? Let me know in the comments. Don't forget to like, and if you enjoyed my rants, please recommend my show to your favorite bibliophile.